Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. It's Football Friday on the Fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan. All right, Football Friday. Danny and Dusty with you on this 5th of January, 2024. No Danny Meringue. He is out with the illnesses. Um, he said he and the wife slammed by the sickness today. So I hope they feel better. I hope they feel better. Down with the sickness, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not Metal Monday. No. Nope. Bud. Um all right, we have Austin Meek of the Athletic covers Michigan coming up at uh, one fifteen. But I, I wanted to get to this text because I think this is a great text on the Vancouver Ford text line. Says the Huskies beat you the way a Super Bowl contender does in the NFL. Nothing really excites you for the most part. Then you look up with about seven minutes left, and they have a two-score lead in the ball at midfield. Definition of an NFL blowout, right? You're just sitting there, and they just kind of work. But they also flirt with disaster a lot, right? And that's the college element of it. I think that's a great text and kind of a great analogy of the way that Washington kind of plays their games, where it, it does have that feel and flow of NFL games. They've had five consecutive games that have been one-score games. Usually when we see the profile of a, a national champion in college football, it is blowout city left and right. But we now have five games, and think about that. Five games spans two months because uh, of the gap between the, the uh, Pac-12 championship game and the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So... You, you, for the last two months, like they've just been flirting with disaster, and that is NFL esque. And there, there is something to having that medal over the course of the year. You look at that five straight weeks for, um, for UW. It's been three games, period, for Michigan all season long. And they had two back to back when they didn't have uh, Harbaugh. They played Maryland and Ohio State. Um, and then you had obviously the Rose Bowl, but like a close game for them was Penn State, where they just controlled the damn game, the ball the whole time. They didn't throw the ball in the second half against Penn State because they didn't have to, right? But you look at UW, and I think to kind of further what that that texture was saying is that what they'll do is 
they'll hit you when everybody in the stadium knows where the ball is going, just like in the NFL, when you know it's crunch time. Patrick Mahomes is going to find Travis Kelsey. Joe Burrow is going to find Jamar Chase, right? Kirk Cousins is going to throw an interception (laughs) or try to find Justin Jefferson, right? (laughs) I just I had to. I know there's going to be Viking fans. Cue them right now at 503-864-6326. Go ahead. But um, you know when you have that go-to guy, you feed him, and it takes that that pinpoint accuracy, and it takes you know the intestinal fortitude there to deliver that ball and, and have it be a strike. And the Huskies, whether it's flirting with disaster or making the big play, whichever way you want to look at it, they find a way, man. And it is very, it is that Super Bowl kind of profile. It helps that all those guys came back and they got a ton of experience coming back and they're making one one final run. We we see it all the time, right? Matt Barkley, unfinished business at USC. How'd that go? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> you know, but they got everybody back and it is, it it, it is that story that, a lot of the national folks are gravitating to because Michigan is hateable. Yeah. And what's funny is they're still pl- trying to play the, the us against the world. You know, nobody thought we'd be here. And well, no, that's not true. It's, it's not that nobody thought you'd be there. It's that nobody wants you there basically because of the way you guys have been handling yourselves all season. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to Austin Mink. We'll, we'll dive in deep into the NFL week 18 uh, coming up as the show moves forward. Uh, but we got Austin Meek of The Athletic. He covers the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, he used to cover the Oregon Ducks and uh, has covered, uh, I think, a little bit Jim Harbaugh when he was at Stanford when uh, he was with the Oregonian. But Austin Meek is uh, boots on the ground in Ann Arbor, and he will join us coming up in a few minutes from now. Uh, just a reminder, whether you're listening on 1080 The Fan, uh, 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, or on YouTube, youtube.com slash 1080 AM The Fan. You can catch the all of our live and local shows uh, on the stream where the chat is live and Rufio is our unofficial moderator of the chat. You know, he is kind of taken over that helm. I think it's a fair moniker. It gets a little salt. It gets a little salty yeah. um, in there from some, from the folks. And yeah. he is our calming voice. He, he tries to keep it in the friendly realm. He really does. Yes. He really does. Uh, you can, you can check that out. All of our, uh, podcasts live on the Service Patriots podcast, too. Uh, Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Coming up next, Austin Meek of The Athletic covers the Michigan Wolverines. We talked to Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. You can check it on the Service Patriots podcast uh, in hour number one. Next, we got Austin Meek to get the Michigan perspective of Monday's national championship game. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, joining us now is uh, a writer for The Athletic. Covers the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, used to be guy who covered our local sports here in Oregon for the Oregonian Oregon Live. Austin Meek taking a few minutes for us. Thanks for taking a few minutes, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Look, you have had a busy job uh, this football season as it has been uh, the highest of expectations heading into this year for the Michigan Wolverines. And then a lot of drama in between. But at every step of the way, this Michigan football team has answered the call just on, like from that 30,000 foot view. What has this season been as it's starting to wind down? For you covering the team, and whether it's multiple, I don't know if we'll call them all, all scandals or you know mishaps, just the distractions that have surrounded what has been a great football team. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. It really has. I think I knew what I was signing up for when I came out to cover Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I figured it would be uh, figured it would be nonstop news, and that's pretty much what it's been this year. From yeah, you know, going into the season, this Michigan team was a top five team that had its sights set on a national championship and really rolled through the first two months of the season. And then in October, uh, was just kind of like a bomb got dropped, the sign-stealing scandal that really just dominated the headlines for uh, for about a month, uh, culminating with Jim Arbaugh's suspension. But through it all, this Michigan team just has kept winning. I think that's really the defining trait of this team is that no matter what's going on out there, what's being said about them or what's in the news, uh, this team just keeps rolling, and they've they've kept that going all the way now to the national championship game. You know, you you look at that and all those distractions. We've seen it derail teams um, so many times in the past. Heck, we've seen it uh, happen to teams uh, th- this season. What has been kind of the galvanizing force that has kept this program together? Because not having your head coach for six games over the course of the season, bookending the season with three games on the front end, three in uh, in the back. It's a tough thing to kind of overcome. What is it about this team that they're kind of bringing together? Well, it's a really mature team. It's got a lot of veteran players, seniors, fifth, even some sixth-year seniors who play a lot of college football, and nothing really phases those guys at this point. I think part of it is the culture that Jim Harbaugh's built. Um, I did a story today about their strength coach, Ben Herbert, who they really feel like is one of the best in college football and really prepares the team mentally to deal with unexpected situations. Uh, you know, if you play for Jim Harbaugh, you're going to get used to dealing with outside distractions. That's just part of the deal. It's part mm-hmm. of who he is as a coach. Um, he brings some of that stuff on, but he also prepares the team uh, to respond to it. And so I think this team has been through that with Jim Harbaugh before because it is a really experienced team. And then uh, when all of that stuff came up this year, even though, the stuff this year was even above and beyond uh, anything Michigan teams had dealt with in the past, but I think guys were ready for that, uh, and they were able to uh, to withstand it and not not get derailed by it. 
You know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, the questions have to be asked because, uh, you know, it's the media's job. But, you know, it seems like the new kind of floating distraction around this is, is Jim Harbaugh going to coach his last game for the Michigan Wolverines on Monday? What does your gut kind of tell you about Harbaugh in, in Michigan as opposed to jumping to the NFL? Well, it's certainly not the first time that, <laughs> that he's done this or that, you know, that we've um, been prepared to uh, report on Jim Harbaugh potentially leaving for the NFL. It's been certainly the last two off seasons, the dominant storyline at Michigan. Mm-hmm. He interviewed for the Minnesota Vikings job two years ago. Uh, and I think would have taken the job if it had been offered to him. Uh, he ended up coming back to Michigan and saying he wanted to win a national championship here. And now he's got the chance to do that. I think a lot of people feel like Michigan wins this game on Monday. He'll have accomplished everything he set out to do at Michigan and, and that could make the NFL even more attractive. So I'm totally prepared for another month of NFL uh, rumors and reports after this game. Um, but, yeah, there's a, a big game to play first, and I think Jim Arbaugh is going to figure out its future after that. We're talking with Austin Meek. He covers Michigan for The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter or X at, at by Austin Meek. Uh, let's talk about this game. I mean, the number one passing offense in the land. And, look, if you look down the teams that Michigan has played this season – they have played one team that's a top 25 passing team in the country, and that was Maryland, where it was a one-score game. This defense put in one hell of a performance against an Alabama team, holding them to only 288 yards in the Rose Bowl on Monday. Uh, What has to fall right for this team to counter what is the most explosive passing attack in all of college football? Yeah, I think Michigan needs to get pressure on Michael Penix can't let him get comfortable back there. Michigan sacked Jalen Milrow six times in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and this, this defensive front has been really good all season. And it's a very good offensive line for Washington that won the Joe Moore Award. So it's not going to be easy, but I do think Michigan needs to get pressure on Michael Penix. Uh, they need to force a couple turnovers. Michael Penix has thrown some interceptions this year. Uh, Michigan secondary is going to have a, a huge task in this game. Uh, a guy like Will Johnson, Michigan five-star cornerback, uh, the guy who's probably going to cover Roma Dunza. Um, and then on the other side, Josh Wallace is a transfer from UMass who came in in the summer and really locked down that other cornerback job. Uh, the secondary is going to have a lot thrown at them in this game because I think Michael Penix is far and away the best quarterback Michigan has faced this year and Washington has the best overall passing game I think Michigan has faced this year. Jim Harbaugh absolutely loves his quarterback and J.J. McCarthy, and he he called him the best quarterback in Michigan history, which is a a pretty long list of of really good quarterbacks in college football. What is it that maybe some people are missing about uh, J.J. McCarthy from outside looking in uh, on the Michigan football team because he's kind of been that steady hand for the Wolverines? Yeah, you know, the offense that Michigan runs is not an offense where you're going to see a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, Michigan, even though they've been more balanced this year in terms of throwing the ball more than they they did the previous two years, it's still the bread and butter for Michigan is the running game, Blake Corum, uh, and that offensive line. So J.J. McCarthy's raw stats probably aren't going to jump off the page at you. And he he has some ups and downs. Um, he'll, He'll miss some easy throws. And then he'll come back and he'll make a throw that not very many people on the planet can make. Uh, and that's one of the things I think maybe sometimes it's frustrating, but it's also just really entertaining to watch him because he does some things on the field uh, that not many quarterbacks can do. So I think internally within the program, 
um, there's a really, you know, a really, a really high respect for JJ McCarthy and everything he brings to the table. And I think he's going to play a long time in the NFL and be a really good quarterback. Uh, and it's just a matter of, is he going to lead Michigan to a national championship before then? You know, we, we look at Jim Harbaugh's style and, you know, us out on the West Coast, we've become very familiar with it, whether it's at his time at Stanford or with the San Francisco 49ers. We've seen that style kind of translate everywhere that he's gone. Does this feel to you like a put Washington in a phone booth and control the clock and on the ground with Blake Corum type of game? Well, I think if Michigan had its way, that, that is what they would want to do, want to keep Michael Penix on the sideline, control the ball, control the clock, run the ball with Blake Corum. I think that's the uh, blueprint for Michigan, especially looking at Washington's run defense, which has been you know middle of the pack this year. I think there's going to be some opportunities for Michigan to run the ball. Uh, but I also think Michigan can't get too conservative in this game because they're going to have to score. Um, you know, Michigan's been, as I said, more balanced this year. Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy's ability to create. I think they do need to um, keep the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hands because sometimes Michigan's offense can, can sort of go comatose a little bit. Um, you know, they, they run hot and cold a little bit. I think they've got to keep their foot on the accelerator in this game because Washington's going to score. It's a really talented Washington offense, and I think Michigan has to be uh, prepared to, to go toe-to-toe with that. You know, who is going to be the guy that, you know, we know Blake Corm, we know J.J. McCarthy, we know guys like Mason Graham um, or, you know, Will Johnson, like you mentioned. Who's going to be the guy that needs to step up and have a big game for this Michigan team that maybe people don't know about right now? Well, I'll give you one that you didn't mention, which is Roman Wilson. Um, He's been Michigan's best wide receiver this year, uh, has really emerged as a playmaker made a couple huge plays at the end of the Rose Bowl. Uh, the, the touchdown catch to tie <laughs> yes. the game at the end of regulation. The catch he made before that was incredible. <laughs> uh, a fingertip catch of a, a ball that almost was thrown over his head. Um, he's made some amazing catches this year. Um, you know, another guy in, in Michigan's offense, you're not going to have a wide receiver who puts up just huge numbers. Um, but some of the plays Roman Wilson has made this year uh, really, really stand out. And I expect him to have a have a big game. All right. And before I let you go, Austin, I mean, Harbaugh is an unintentional quote machine at times. Uh, do you have a Harbaughism that that you hold dear to your heart after covering this guy? Oh, boy. Oh, man. It's it's so many. Such a long <laughs> list. I mean, the first one that just popped into my head when when you asked the question uh, and I don't even know how he got started talking about this. Uh, did you see the quote from Media Day before the Rose Bowl? Uh, that Jesus would have been a five-star recruit. <laughs> yes. um, you know, I, I guess uh, if you can walk on water, that, that's probably uh, uh, probably good for some high marks in the recruiting world. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Like, it's it's such a long list. But uh, that was the first one that popped into my mind because it's fresh in my memory. I love it. Well, thank you for taking a, a few minutes for us and uh, safe travels down to Houston covering this national championship game between the undefeated Michigan Wolverines and the unbeaten Washington Huskies. Austin Meek, thank you, man. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. There he is, Austin Meek of The Athletic. Again, you can find him at by Austin Meek on Twitter. Does a fantastic job covering the Wolverines. Dude, Harbaugh has always been like this. I remember... America. <laughs> yeah, a lot of milk. I remember covering... And Rust, you did a few of these, too. They used to do the Pac-12 Coaches Conference Call every Wednesday. Oh, yes, I remember. 
and recording those and cutting them up for primetime use later. And I, I vividly remember, you probably have some of these too. Harbaugh would be on, he was the only coach that would do it on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And you would hear, like, in the middle of his conference call, people would be coming in. At one point, he was doing dishes. <laughs> like I, And he was in his, like, somebody's like, Coach, are you in the kitchen? He's like, no, I'm in my office. Just doing do some dishes. You know? He'd be packing a can of chew as a reporter is asking a question. Like, you could hear it. Like, he just, like, you just go, whip, 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 whip. Yep. And then you'd hear, like, all of a sudden he had, like, the... <laughs> His speech would be gurgled for like the next three answers, and you're like, "Oh man, he was—he's a different bird, man, and a, a damn good football coach." But boy, Harbaugh's out there, and this—this this is really interesting about if this could be his final game. Do you suppose those conference calls were about their least favorite part of the job? Uh, who? It's one of them. Like it, it, the Pac-12, like did away with them. I like think. what else rank would rank down there with it? I I think the booster glad handing, yeah. I, I think that that like the amount that you have to do that mm-hmm. is even more right, and that's why they say like, hey, go to a go to a school where you don't have that many cooks in the kitchen to keep happy, right? Yeah. But you always have to do it, no matter if they're your multi million dollar donors or you know the season ticket holders. You got to go and do that. I think that may be up there, but uh, yeah, the conference because. But, but then again, those people, all they want to do is just be around the program that you love too, right? I mean, they're not there to, to ask the difficult questions or the hard questions. I think those media days were probably just, those conference calls were a lot. And, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of writers that you could tell they're writing a specific story. Yes. And a coach for uh, will get a question about a player on another team that they're not playing that week. And he's right. just like out of left field. Like, I don't know how to answer that right now. <laughs> I don't think we play them this year. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, okay. So, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably the Yeah. Well, I guess when it comes down to it, it was, it was a longer uh, exercise for us cutting it up than it was for the coaches on it. Because they're probably on there for, what, 20 minutes at a time? Yeah, and then they're out. Yeah. And then there's done all right uh, uh great stuff from austin meek i mean look we talked to chris fetters dogmen.com the huskies perspective we got austin meek on the michigan perspective it, it's weird that we we think of this national championship game the number one passing offense in the country uh in one of the top offensive attacks in michigan don't look at yards per game if you want to want that look at efficiency with michigan I mean, they will drag you down the field. This game is going to come down to defense, and I think that that's what both Fetters and Meek were kind of alluding to, that defensive guys are going to come up huge for for these teams. Who can get the stops. Whoever wins the national title is going to come down to which defense performs better. All right, 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford Texan. All right, uh, we got to get to our worst day on the web. Look, we've all thought about it. We've all thought about doing it, but when you actually go full send, you better not knock yourself out. (laughs) Next on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Oh, really? sucks all right 
Our worst day on the web comes to us from Leeds, Alabama. Okay. The headline from AL.com, man strips naked, jumps into Bass Pro Shop, Leeds Aquarium, knocks himself unconscious. Oh, so Tuesday. (laughs) If the headline wasn't enough to grab your attention, the story is even better. Okay? Because uh, George Owens of uh, Sterrett, Alabama, he has been booked on... uh, public lewdness, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and assault on a police officer, two counts of first-degree criminal mischief, and two counts of reckless endangerment. My goodness. That's quite the book. What did he do to the police officers, I'm wondering? What was the assault on the officer? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe resisting something, arrest? Maybe something happened a little bit later. But uh, this 42-year-old man uh, apparently uh, went to the Bass Pro Shop, drove into a pole out in front of the store, that's not good. Um, and then stripped naked, ran into the Bass Pro Shops, and they have the big aquariums in there, right, where they got the fish in there? Mm-hmm. Did a naked cannonball <laughs> right in. Just uh, full-on, he cannonballed. And there, there's videos that you can go on Twitter, you can find them. <laughs> this dude went full-send uh, cannonball. And I'm going to tell you, good form on the cannonball. Yeah. Good form on the cannonball. And it shows him just kind of swimming around. He's like yelling at the people like uh, that are videoing him. I can't really hear what he's saying. Uh-huh. But uh, look, something's not right with him. <laughs> I think the okay. police agreed. Okay. Yes. But we've all thought of like, what if I did jump in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We maybe, we maybe would have skipped past the stripping naked part, but, you know. Although, I guess you don't want to get in there and get what out with your clothes you all did? <laughs> What if you did, right? <laughs> We've all had the thought of oh, doing yeah. it. Of course. And it's actually quite amazing that this doesn't happen more often. Or that we don't hear about it more often. I'm just surprised that it wasn't in Florida. That's right. That's, well, I don't know where Leeds is. But it could be down near, you know, the panhandle, right? Yeah, I mean, this is on on AL.com. I but. mean, it, it could be, if it's south, he, he could be very close to being a Florida man. But, it sh- like, the video is incredible. And it's actually pretty riveting. Because as the police come in, he gets back out, and there's two, like, uh, uh, deer, fake deer that are, that are right next to where the, the fake pond is. Mm-hmm. And he looks back and he says something to the cops, which you can't hear on the tape, but I hope it's something like George W. Bush. Hey, hey, watch this drive. Because I hope he said, hey, watch this dive. Because he dives right in and he did like a, he did, it was a good form dive. Not going to lie. Pretty good form dive right there. And then he's swimming around and I don't think he understood quite how visible it was because he was holding onto the ledge, the glass ledge. And he's spread eagle, man. <laughs> oh, man. And then he, uh, if you're wondering, well, how'd this guy knock himself unconscious? As the police, like, walked up the stairs to the part where he dove in from, he went, I got my escape route. There's only two cops here. Yeah. I'm going to crawl over this edge. Well, uh, naked and wet with all the water that had been displaced from his cannonball. Yeah. Took a bit of a header. Yeah, there's like the the rocks that are 
right next to the front of it. He dropped down, fell off the rocks, bam, popped his head. Now, he wasn't knocked unconscious for very long. You hear him going, ow, and kind of rolling around. And then there's one cop that has just the taser just (laughs) pointed right at him like, don't move, dude. It's like, I am not messing around. I don't want to tase this. (laughs) I don't want to get all wet. Fat, naked redneck right now. (laughs) I do not want to do this. And then the other cop just goes up, and I I bet they rock, paper, scissored. And that's how I assume these things happen is one cop's like, all right. Or whoever the senior uh, officer uh, is. You know, and he's you like, do, hey, man, look, you're, you're the low man here. You're cuffing him. I got the ta- I'm on taser duty. Yeah. You're going to cuff him. It does say here they, they handcuffed him and he then woke up and began to try to struggle. So that's probably where the All charges right. of the. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, and also Leeds, Alabama, apparently right smack dab middle of the middle of the state near uh, Birmingham. OK, just right in the, the. Yeah, I don't know. So he's not from Florida. He's not yeah. a Florida man. Uh, But we've all we've had that thought, though. Yeah. We've never acted on it. No, because we know that we shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But every now and then you get these reminders that uh, if you do, in fact, decide to take that cannonball into the Bass Pro Shops Aquarium, you're probably going to get taste. Yeah. <laughs> If not taste, you're getting knocked unconscious, yeah, and they're might, just gonna they're gonna <laughs> cuff you and stuff you right there. Might end up with a head wound. <laughs> God, I'm just glad he didn't die doing that. <laughs> That would have been tragic. We can all laugh at this. The Bass Pro Shop is an interesting place. Yeah. Um, they got everything you need for the outdoor. I mean, it is great for that. Yep. But, like, it is... It's Disneyland for some dudes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and it it is weird how... Everybody's, you know, we're all wired differently. We all have our different interests and hobbies and stuff like that, right? Like some guys will go into like a golf pro shop, right? And they'll be like, whoa, (laughs) you know, this is amazing. Putters. But you get get that guy into the the Bass Pro Shop who lives that life, is about that life, Mm -hmm. buddy. Yeah. They are in heaven. Yeah. Who's got camo on seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Look at this. It's like, yeah. He's wearing Hunter's Orange just because you never know. Yeah. Hey, you never might have a break somewhere. <laughs> might be able to go out, get something. Yeah. <laughs> Usually something's in season. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I may I may be able to go out there and get it. But uh, this man, um, some will call him a hero. Um, others call him inmate number 50639er <laughs> of the St. Clair County Jail. <laughs> Over here on the uh, Vancouver Ford text line says, my wife used to work overnights at Cabela's. The employees would jump in from time to time. Really? <laughs> May want to get a part-time gig at uh, the old Cabela's there. <laughs> right. See what we can do. Man. You see what you can do. Oh, man. Alabama is just northwest Florida. That coming from P1 Rufio. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. I can see that. I mean, it, yeah, it's like the less bath salts, more Bass Pro Shops related uh, cannonballs. Right. Right? It's just a little bit more rednecky. Yeah. You know? Yeah, less bath, bath salts, more power bait. Now, <laughs> okay, let's, uh, this happened Thursday night. It's in the state of Alabama. Did Michigan do this to this man? Did that center not being able to snap a football to, J- to Jalen Milrow? It just snapped. Is that is that what did this to this man? It just means more. 
the I gotta ask questions, you know. <laughs> I mean, how are you gonna go down to one of them teams up north? Yeah, how? That ain't right. Mm-mm. That ain't right. But uh, all right, this guy. I hope he's. Uh, hope old George Owens there. He sounds like a country singer, like an old school country right? singer, like yeah. like Merle Haggard and George Owens for one night only at the honky tonk. <laughs> Come on down, get her done. All right, uh, 503-864-6326. Uh, the Hoodie's Last Stand, next on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. George Owens? No, sorry. <laughs> Pure Prairie League. All right. All right, uh, Week 18 the NFL has a little subplot storyline here. The greatest to ever do it. Sure sounds like he's on his way out, man. With everything that Bill Belichick has been saying and actually even a- addressing questions about his future now, it sure feels like uh, Monday may be the day that we hear Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick parting ways. He was asked uh, in his availability today what it's meant to be the New England Patriots head coach over the last 24 years. Um, and he said, I've always appreciated the opportunity. I'm sure there'll be another time to talk about other things, but right now we're just focusing on the Jets. The fact that he gave the six words of, you know, I've always appreciated the opportunity. Five words, I've always appreciated the opportunity. That, that is like actually something that is telling. And the way that it's kind of been framed is that, you know, this decision was was made weeks ago by the Patriots, uh, Brass and Robert Kraft and, and his son Jonathan, on, on the direction moving forward. And we could see one of the winningest coaches of all time kind of have his last stand against the New York Jets in week 18 of the regular season. If there's one thing that just tells me Bill Belichick is not going to do what's best for the Patriots moving forward, he's going to try to win the damn game because that's what he does every single week. And draft pick be damn. Like if the if the commanders somehow beat the Cowboys and the, the Patriots lose, they're back to the number two pick. That's not going to be Bill Belichick. One, it's the New York Jets who he hates with the fire of a thousand suns. Mm -hmm. And it's his last stand, man. And to think, like, their defense has not been bad this year. It has been pretty dang good when you consider, you know, injuries to Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon. got dinged up along the way. Their offensive line has been unequivocally horrible this year. Really bad last year, too. They're just... Their offensive line is one of the bottom five in the NFL. The receiving core is one of the bottom five in the NFL. They've gotten subpar quarterback play from Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, who are basically the same guy. You know, mm-hmm. their offense is just horrific. And then when Stevenson gets hurt, then all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're going, mm, "This this offense is just putrid." Do you know their their running back has the opportunity to be their leading receiver this year? The most receptions on the team. Could be their running back. 
That is the sign of a horrible, horrible receiving core. And that's offensive line not giving your quarterback enough time to to get downfield. So he just checks down all the time, right? Happy feet. And a quarterback who is afraid to push the ball down the field. It's like everything that is bad, that's where you just kind of look to and you're like, all right. You know, your running back is second on the team in receptions, and he's only one behind your receiving your leader. It's been bad, and it's been really bad this year. But the question is like, who who do you who do you get first? And like, if Mike Vrabel gets the axe in Tennessee, I could see them going down that road. That would seem like a logical choice. Bill Belichick was asked about Gerard Mayo as a head coach, who he coached in New England and is an assistant on his team. And mm-hmm. there is rumblings that Gerard Mayo could be the guy that that uh, succeeds mm-hmm. Belichick. Like he's answering these questions, like he's yeah, he is the opportunity. He's could be a really he's a really good coach. You know, it kind of feels like everything is setting in for Belichick. So if you're New England brass Mm. and you've got this dilemma on your hands and, you know, knowing that, yes, Bill Belichick is going to be thinking about Bill Belichick on the way out and not the New England Patriots and looking at the way this team has drafted and whatnot over the last couple of years, Tom Brady and, and performance on the field. Is it too much? Is it too over the line to take away play calling duties and such from Belichick and take away those kinds of responsibilities leading into the game. I think what you want, I mean, I realize yeah. we're late in the week now cause it's Friday, Yeah, but like, is that, no, uh, yeah, you it can't is, do that is, to, to Bill Belichick. You don't do, you don't neuter anything, Bill Belichick this year, but I think moving forward for his next team, whether it is, you know, do the commanders go out and try to get him? Uh, do the Carolina Panthers do the LA chargers, which no, um, does the, you know, does the Raiders come knocking? Like they don't have any money. They're paying two coaches that they fired already. Right. I think wherever he is next, though, and there will be somewhere where he goes next, because this is this is not how he's going to go out. Yeah. Right. You cannot let him have the roster management that he has had in New England, mm-hmm. because that's where things have really gone awry. Now, he he's done the trade down, compile draft picks, turn them into, you know, serviceable starters, but. You can only get away with that when you have a transcendent quarterback. Yeah. And the way that they built that roster for so many years was truly, it was brilliant because he knew what he had in Tom Brady and he knew how much Brady could mask. But it's not just Tom Brady leaving and everybody's like, I see Brady way more than Belichick, which yes, Tom Brady being there, his importance, I mean, it is incredible how important Brady was to New England. But you also have to take into consideration how good their offensive line was. Dante Scarnecchio, who is their offensive line coach, one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL's history, was there. And so when you have not just Brady, but an elite offensive line for 20 years, Mm -hmm. which that was trading back, getting more second-round picks to where you could have some trial and error and throw those guys in. Taking guys in the first round, having David Andrews as your center, right, for so long. Like, they had so many guys that were anchors on that offensive line that that that's what made the core. It was their quarterback and their O-line. Then you can mix in your hodgepodge of receivers and running backs year to year. Find your scrappy little white guy that is really smart, whichever iteration of that. And before it was the scrappy little white guy, it was Troy Brown, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who was really damn good. Mm-hmm. So good they played him at corner, for God's sakes. <laughs> but you can get away with that. You can't build the roster the same way when you don't have that. 
And that's what that's what Belichick was trying to do. Right. And if you you don't want him to have that control, you have to have somebody whose whole focus is on that. And look, he he's proven that he could work in that in that capacity because mm-hmm. he did for a really long time when he had you know Scott Pioli as the GM there. But I think with the next stop is where that line has to be drawn that right you coach you can tell us what you want and we'll listen to you because you're the one of the greatest damn coaches in nfl's history yeah but you can't but you're not making the decision no so no. now when it comes down to the patriots and them needing to find their you know franchise quarterback of the future look they're currently in a three-way tie for the league's second best record they've got four wins so do the cardinals and the commanders and one you game worst back, record uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say best? I meant worst. Best draft odds. Though. Yes, there we go. Yes, uh, best odds for the for the top pick. So they've got four wins along with the Cardinals and the Commanders, and that five wins are the Giants, Titans, and Chargers. So if he goes out and beats the Jets this weekend, they could drop from a number two down to a number seven. Yeah, pick, which and if you're would... trying to land your your franchise quarterback in this draft. That's that's a big fall. That would be your Jeff Russ double barrel middle fingers that we saw on the <laughs> on the YouTube stream a couple weeks ago. <laughs> YouTube.com slash ten eighty AM the fan. You can see things like Jeff Russ flipping you off. Yeah. It's like the you know, the F you, F you, you're cool. F you, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And I I expect nothing less from the hoodie in his final game as a New England Patriots head coach. And like uh, I mean, that guy, he did a lot of really good things, but he just was stuck in his ways. And his inability to draft a wide receiver, uh, staggering. Yeah. Just like, my God. because Even the Ravens are like, boy, that's bad. Right. Just think <laughs> of how good they were when they had Randy Moss, you know? Yeah. 18-1. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh yeah, but they never went that way because they just backfilled every other position, especially on the defensive side. I think that's the that's the key right there. I if there is a place that I think Belichick could work, and I know everybody's saying the Commanders, I, I think that that is a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. They do need a quarterback, and especially if you know he wins this last game, and. <laughs> The commanders don't fall back, and he takes that, and he ends up getting that number two quarterback. <laughs> That's a double barrel number two on his way out of <laughs> yeah. town. Yeah. The right hand is winning the last one. The second one is taking the commander's job, you know? <laughs> Man. And just saying, all right, he could get a quarterback for the future in a roster that, look, it has a ton of holes on it, but he could rework it pretty, I don't want to say in short order. It'd take him a couple years, but yeah, I mean, he could win a couple games, and I don't know how much longer he has in him. Well, and yeah, I was gonna say, how old is he? He's seventy. What? Yeah, I mean, seventy something. How long do you think he's got in him? Four years, maybe. Maybe. You know what is uh, amazing? You know what guy I always thought was just like ancient was Mar. Remember Marv Levy? Yes, right? old Bills coach. By the way, Bill is seventy one. Bill is seventy one. Marv Levy is 98 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Still cooking. Yeah. Still live. I thought he was like 80 when he was coaching his so final that, years. The, well, yeah, those the, that Bills run in the early 90s there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he was complete white hair. It's like a Steve Martin syndrome. Yeah, that well, I mean, you you go back and and say like 1991 was what 33 years ago now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
So he was 65. He looked a million years old. Yeah. Like, Pete Carroll is the fountain of youth. I don't know. Bill Belichick looks like a 71-year-old man. Yeah. He looks like, in my mind, that's what 71 looks like. Exactly. Marv Levy looked 98 33 years ago. Yes. And he's just now 98. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to uh, the games of note this weekend in the NFL. Uh, one contender is on the struggle bus with the injury train, but got a couple pieces of good news today. Next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.